Flying the friendly skies is a bit of a conundrum. Not only is it a milestone accomplishment for mankind to actually navigate the skies and get a giant bus full of people to go up to the clouds and carry them from one destination to another. It's an amazing feat, but at the same time, it's also extremely terrifying because anything could go wrong at any time in any part of the world. It's not one specific airline or another. They've all had terrible accidents, crashes, hijackings, of course, which led to crashes. And there's also strange occurrences where a plane filled with 200 or more people mysteriously vanishes, disappears without a trace, never to be seen or heard from again, like the flight out of Malaysia. But one I'm going to be covering today deals with a flight that took off. Everything was perfectly normal. No one was worried. No one had any reservations other than the reservations for the tickets. That's neither here nor there. But issues with planes disappearing, it's, it doesn't happen all too often. But man, when it does, it really sticks out. The show Manifest is a prime example of which was recently released on NBC a couple of years ago a prime example of when things don't go right and you end up taking off in a flight only to return five years in the future feeling as if you've only been gone a couple of hours spoiler alert that's what the show manifest was about and this one is about flight 914 I will be discussing in this week's episode of Paranormally Speaking. Once again, I'm your host, Neil Parks. Mysteries of flight, that being the curious case of Pan Am Flight 914. The airliner that took off from New York City in 1955 and landed in Venezuela in 1985. Or was it 1992? I get to the bottom of it in this episode of Paranormally Speaking. The first time I boarded a plane was 1999. The summer of 99, I was 24 years old and had never been on an airline before. I have a major fear of heights, but it's not crippling. But I will not climb too high unless I have a harness, much like wall climbing, rock climbing. I have to have a harness, and I feel pretty safe. But man, when you get on a plane for the first time, and you're going into and over areas you've never seen from such a great distance, it's a bit nerve-wracking, especially when you have to rely on a pilot whom you've never met to get you from point A to point B without any incident. The flight to North Carolina that I took was my first time on a plane and my first time to a beach. It was an eye-opening experience, an awe moment for me. The day before we were set to fly back from our destination was the day that JFK Jr.'s small passenger plane crashed off the coast of Martha's Vineyard. Needless to say, that left me a bit rattled. I had to gather my nerve and compose myself and 
tell myself that I'm not going to die like JFK Jr. did because his was a passenger plane. Those have a tendency statistically to crash more often than commercial airliners. And chances are if I were to go down in a commercial airliner, it would be a blaze of glory where I would be burned alive until I die. So it'd be a quick and painful death. It's an oxymoron. But after a quick bout with anxiety, I boarded that plane the next day and made it home safely, which is one of the reasons I'm talking to you today. So buckle up, make sure that you know exactly where all of your exits are, and put your breathing apparatus on before you put on someone else's if need be. I do not have snacks, knots, or drinks to provide for this flight, but I'll be sure to keep the turbulence low. I will be discussing the disappearance of Flight 914 and various other paranormal and otherworldly encounters while flying the friendly skies. This is Neil Parks, your host. Please hold for an important message from one of my sponsors. Unparalleled Insider Access. Get it all. Introducing the SiriusXM Platinum VIP Plan, our newest, most exclusive plan. Listen in two cars, plus stream anywhere with two app logins. Access a massive, exclusive library of live concert video and audio recordings through nugs.net. Have opportunities to experience live and virtual SiriusXM events, including VIP-only exclusives. Get all your questions answered by a dedicated VIP customer care team. Plus, get all the entertainment we've got. It's all included with your Platinum VIP subscription. Be a VIP. Call 844-711-8800 to learn more. Offer details apply. One login for activated vehicle. Not available in Canada. There are much worse things than snakes on a plane, ghosts on a plane, scary stories of haunted travel. We've all heard stories about haunted hotels. They send chills down your spine and sometimes make you double-check online reviews out of paranoia. After all, hotels are kind of creepy when you think about it. The Shining come to mind? You never know what went on in your room before you got there. But have you ever stopped to think about the ghosts you might be encountering on your journey? Here are a few phantom tales that might give you a new perspective. Starting with Flight 401. In 1972, Eastern Airlines Flight 401 crashed into the Florida Everglades, claiming 101 lives, including those of Captain Robert Bob Loft and flight engineer Donald Don Repo. Many parts of the plane, especially those in the galley, were deemed reusable and were therefore salvaged and installed on another plane in the Eastern's fleet. That's when the alleged paranormal appearances began. On planes where salvaged parts had been installed, the ghosts of Bob Loft and Don Repo started to turn up. In one instance, the story goes that an airline VP had a pleasant conversation with a man in a captain's uniform shortly after boarding. He realized halfway through that he recognized the man as the deceased Captain Bob Loft. In another tale, a flight attendant reported seeing the face of Don Repo in an oven door. She grabbed two of the other members of the crew to come back and take a look, just in time to hear the specter say, Watch out for the fire in this plane. Sure enough, the engine failed on the return flight and was shut down 
just before catching fire. It didn't take long before stories of these ghostly encounters began to circulate, almost always sharing a common thread. These friendly phantoms were trying to protect the planes and those aboard. The sightings were limited to just crew, and then eventually passengers. There were several reports of them seeing the same ghosts as well as what the crew were seeing. Eventually, the threat of bad press and the crew's fear prompted the airline to remove all salvaged parts from the affected jets. That didn't, however, halt the release of the book, The Ghost of Flight 401, as well as a movie by the same title. Heathrow Airport. In the 1930s, there was a highwayman by the name of Dick Turpin. He would steal, torture, and kill, taking anything and everything he could in the 1730s. Not the 1930s. The scoundrel was finally caught and sentenced to death in 1739. But Turpin took matters into his own hands and jumped from the gallows with a noose around his neck, effectively killing himself. And for some reason, his ghost has reportedly taken a liking to the grounds of Heathrow Airport. Reports of sightings can be tracked back to a time before the airport was even constructed. Descriptions of an alleged sightings often include a black stallion, while many reports seeing Turpin standing in the main terminal wearing period clothing, including a tri-cornered hat. Over the years, Denver International Airport has established a reputation for being one of the most evil places in the world, owing mostly to conspiracy theories rather than ghosts. Nevertheless, the story goes that you'll hear unnerving Native American chanting between Concourse A and the Jepson Terminal Building. Employees assert that it's music being played on a loop as part of the arts program. Others agree that it's music being played on a loop, but that its purpose is to drive out any angry Native spirits. Meanwhile, a third option maintains that it's actual ghosts chanting. But who really knows where the truth begins and ends? It's been reported that the airport was constructed on sacred Native American land, perhaps angering any spirits left behind. That claim has been refuted with airport staff citing that the ground was surveyed by archaeologists prior to the build. However, in 1995, Native American spiritual leaders performed a ceremony to lay any remaining spirits to rest. You know, just to be on the safe side. Vancouver Waterfront Station Vancouver Waterfront Station is said to be the most haunted place in the city, with almost all spooky sightings occurring at night. Security guards on night patrol have reported seeing several instances of odd activity. For instance, guards and various crew have reported hearing 1920s music not being played by the sound system, accompanied by a dancing woman adorned in clothing of that era, but no musical equipment found but only heard. And another tale, the phantom of a rail worker who died a very violent death whilst working in the yard is reported to show up at night. If you're wondering how he died, let's just say his ghost appears with a lantern and is always looking for something. His head. The same story pertains to <clears throat> the Moonville Tunnels in 
south well actually eastern ohio uh, where there's a headless lantern man looking for his head and trying to warn people to not go through the tunnel the phantom bus of london long before the night bus made its first appearance in harry potter there was a phantom bus of london described as a red double-decker bus with a number seven on the side this haunted transport has been the stuff of legend since 1934 Motoring along one night, a driver met his untimely demise when he swerved suddenly and ran into a wall. Witnesses described seeing a ghostly bus driving down the center of the road, which caused the crash. In the years that follow, several other sightings were reported corroborating the original claims. A ghost bus would appear in Cambridge Gardens at exactly 1.15 a.m. with no driver and no passengers, inexplicably carrying and car and careening down the road, causing frightened motorists in its path to swerve out of the way and get into accidents. The bus hasn't been seen since 1990, just before the curved road leading up the, to the infamous intersection was removed and straightened, creating a whole new path. That broke that curse of the Phantom Bus of London. Same type of story about a phantom plane has been seen in and around flying over England by other planes and various other witnesses who are either on a passenger plane or at the time in a commercial airliner. Fantastic. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. That's terrific. Hey, thanks for joining me again. I hope you enjoyed that commercial break. I'll try to keep the other ones uh, a bit shorter than that last one. Uh, going over the mysteries of flight. The curious case of Pan Am Flight 914. As I said earlier, the airliner took off from New York City in 1955 and landed in Venezuela in 1985. Or was it 1992? I'll get to the bottom of it. Pan Am Flight 914 was a Douglas DC-4 with 57 passengers and a crew of six members that took off from a New York City airport headed for Miami, Florida. The date was July 2nd, 1955. The flight was scheduled to last a couple of hours, but it never arrived in Miami. Instead, it showed up unannounced and invisible to Caracas radar on March 9th, 1985. Voicing his concerns to the tower, the pilot, after a textbook landing, taxied toward the gate, and ground handlers could see the faces 
of the screaming passengers pressed up against their windows, looking at a fantastic new world. The pilot, for his part, dropped a small calendar out the window before he made a hasty turn back to the runway, where he took off and disappeared as suddenly as he had arrived. And the calendar? Did he drop it on accident? Or does it hold the secret to what happened? What exactly did it say? We might never know. The governments of both Venezuela and the United States, the story goes, were said to have seized the calendar and the tower tapes and refused to comment on the incident, even once the intervening decades. What really happened to 914? It is, for once, a mystery that has an answer. The theories. The story has been going around the internet for years and is a hot forum topic with the UFO and time-traveling crowd. The most popular theory is that the plane passed through some kind of a time portal or wormhole, and instead of landing in Miami in 1955, it appeared on arrival in Venezuela 30 years later. One supposes it went back through the wormhole after it left Caracas. Exactly how wormholes or time portals work isn't that well understood. The truth? As you've hopefully already figured out, the story of Pan Am Flight 914 was a total fabrication. But in this case, unlike with many urban legends, the source of that fabrication is known. It dates to a story first published in 1985 by the Weekly World News, the one-time tabloid now website which specializes in crazy concocted stories like this one. The paper ran the story again twice in the 1990s, with the plane's arrival date changed to 1992 in those later stories. The tale got a huge boost when the YouTube channel Brightside put out a video about the disappearance. The snappily produced video has gotten more than 15 million views, but it doesn't get to the fact that it was a fake tabloid story until about two-thirds of the way through. Brightside introduced a number of details that were not in the first weekly world news story, including the fact that the plane was visible on radar. In any case, the video reveals that the story is a hoax only well toward the end. It's likely that the others capitalized on this real-life fake news to share the story without adding that one pertinent detail, the one about how everyone flew, knew all along the whole thing was a fabrication, a fanciful one at that. It all goes to show how fascinated people are by airplanes, even when the story is concocted to create sort of a paranoid or paranormal sensation. Very similar to today's misinformation purveyors, Weekly World News had the habit of using unrelated photographs to illustrate their stories. The image of the plane in one article, for instance, does not show Pan Am Flight 914 landing in Miami after 37 years. That is actually a stock photograph available via Alamy, which lists the plane as a DC-4. Lastly, searching through newspaper archives for any contemporary articles relating to the disappearance of a plane, Unsurprisingly, you are not able to locate any credible news accounts about the disappearance of Pan Am Flight 914. Now, fans of the science fiction television series Twilight Zone and Manifest 
may have experienced some deja vu while reading this story. While the fictional story of Pan Am Flight 914 originated with the tabloid Weekly World News, it is reminiscent of a 1961 episode of the sci-fi show entitled The Odyssey of Flight 33. Shows like Amazing Stories have had episodes dealing with planes that have taken off and then landed in the wrong time. But these stories also pertain to encounters around the Bermuda Triangle where military planes have actually gone missing, which is absolute fact. Commercial airliners have gone off radar or uh, private planes have gone off radar around the Bermuda Triangle, which actually has happened. But not in any known history have we ever had a plane disappear for 37 years and then reappear with the passengers not having aged a day. Uh, There was one strange incident that took place in the 1970s where a plane disappeared for four hours and the clocks on board were three hours behind as opposed to the time where they landed uh, outside of Australia. And many passengers on the plane all had selective amnesia. None of them remembered the trip in great detail. Uh, Many of them had forgotten that they were on a plane to begin with until they woke up and thought that they were home. And there were also several people who exhibited out-of-the-ordinary attributes, for example, speaking in a fluent language that they were unfamiliar with, doing mathematical equations, feeling the need to do so, with layers and layers and types of math that they were regularly unfamiliar with. Among other strange occurrences that took place after that flight had landed, uh, that is the only known case of any kind of X-Files slash fringe Twilight Zone um, occurrences taking place that's grounded in actual fact. Please hold for an important message from another one of my fabulous sponsors. Experience Columbus's newest and most entertaining haunted attraction, Carnage Haunted House. Carnage Haunted House and their monsters return to an all-new indoor 60,000-square-foot location at 3770 Refugee Road, home of intense terror that's guaranteed to scare. Featuring the bayou, the entity, and more, experience the thrill of two of Columbus's most immersive attractions and terrifying all-indoor haunts under one roof. For ticket prices and hours of operation, visit them on Facebook or check out Carnage Well, our flight is about to come to an end, but I asked, and it looks like I did receive. I asked before this episode, several weeks ago, for anyone who has ever worked on a plane or even a passenger or crew, whatever, to share strange stories with me, encounters, things they've witnessed or things they've heard. The first one that was shared with me is from a listener. The title of their encounter is called The Eerie Voice. A career pilot in the U.S. says that the creepiest thing that ever happened to him was back when he was an instructor in Florida. He was giving one of his students first ever actual IMC flights in an an SR-20. It was nighttime and they were coming back from shooting an approach into Orlando Executive Airport 
went over the emergency guard frequency of 121.5, they heard someone eerily say, Hello? Again and again. They tried to talk back to the voice but got no response. Turns out that it was a girl who had stolen a plane from a local flight school. She was training and wasn't allowed to be flying it, but she ended up crashing and killing herself that night. The moaning dead man. Cargo pilots often have to fly dead bodies. This one had a particularly creepy experience. He says, I flew a dead body in a body bag by myself at night in a chieftain PA-31-350. The dead guy groaned and jerked pretty hard about 10 minutes into the flight. I had it strapped down, so I don't know how much it would have moved if not restrained. I just kind of muttered under my breath and looked over my shoulder for the rest of the 25-minute flight. Pretty sure it was just gases inside the corpse brought out by the pressure change from the ground to 3,000 feet up, but it sure was freaky. The next one, the unexplained great orb. A pilot's son relates this spooky tale that his father had told to him. He was flying a turbo trush and was just beginning to approach. The tower called him and said that they had a strange radar echo by the end of the runway and asked him if he could check it out. As he approached, he saw a gray sphere just hanging there a few hundred meters off the ground. No markings, no visible features, no activity on the ground below it. He moved closer to see it better, but it suddenly took off straight up. He tried to give chase. The turbo thrush is a nimble aircraft and with little fuel, and had no payload. It would normally climb fast, really fast, but he couldn't match the rate of the climb of this sphere. He was completely sure it wasn't a balloon. He'd done a lot of balloon hunting at air shows. It was too big. The movement wasn't like a balloon. It went against the wind, and it climbed way too fast. Black Triangles it's no secret that the world's militaries have a lot of secret developments going on in the U.S. Those are called black projects, highly classified programs whose existence the government denies. Many of the most famous and cutting-edge aircraft, such as SR-71 Blackbird spy plane and B-2 Spirit stealth bomber, were once black projects. Eventually, they were revealed to the public. One of those that the U.S. Air Force possibly chose not to reveal is the so-called TR-38 Black Manta, a stealth plane in the shape of a perfect triangle. What distinguishes its sightings from regular UFO stories is both the scope and the precision. Many times in the 90s and the 2000s, it was spotted all over the world from the Gulf War to Area 51 to a whole avalanche of unexplained occurrences in Britain and Belgium promptly denied by respective governments, it did things no other aircraft could accomplish and had features far beyond regular stealth. If it really existed, and scores of witnesses are ready to swear that it did, the experimental aircraft may have been an eerily reconnaissance drone with exceptional performance characteristics, still employed and kept secret by the government full three decades after its development. And the last one I'll share with you, of course, is one that pretty much everyone is familiar with. <clears throat> the plane that vanished. Everybody knows the story of Malaysia Airlines Flight 370. 
what many have forgotten is how mysterious it seemed at the initial stages. The massive Boeing 777, packed with 239 passengers and crew, simply disappeared. It flew in the South China Sea, one of the most trafficked regions on the planet, and then it was just gone. Nobody knew anything. The initial search gave no results. The plane just vanished into thin air. The details that appeared later were no less uncomfortable. The plane was most likely depressurized. It steered into the void of the Indian Ocean with no hope of reaching the other side and was still flying as the initial search effort was very well underway. Then it plummeted into the dark depths, never to be seen again. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Paranormally Speaking. Keep your eyes on the skies. There are strange things out there, below us, around us, and above us. And if we just look up from our mobile phones once in a while, we'll see something that we can't truly explain. A UFO is simply an unidentified flying object, or as they call it now, a UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. I'm Neil Parks. Thank you for listening, and join me next week for another episode of Paranormally Speaking. Have a great weekend, and Godspeed.